When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Scald to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like. Now, to your hosts. All right, CLNS Radio, Red Sox beat, of course, here. Jeff Thomas, Lauren Campbell, and Jared Scally here. Of course, you're look, reading to us on Twitter, at Red Sox underscore beat. You're finding us on Facebook, which is Red Sox beat podcast. On iTunes, if you rate, review, and subscribe to us, that'd be awesome if you don't already. Uh, of course, you're listening on Stitcher as well. Um, a lot going on, of course. We're in the midst of spring training. The World Baseball Classic is around the corner, which means Andrew Bogarts is no longer with the team as he travels to uh, the Koreas to play baseball. South Korea? Right? That's where it is? South Korea? Um, and he's playing third base, which I guess we can talk about later, but that's still stupid to me. Uh, that being said, there is some baseball to talk about because the Red Sox did have some spring training games. We have a lot to get to. Um, some weird addition to Fenway Park that we'll want to touch on. Some stuff around the league. So, um, guys, this week uh, we saw some spring training games, and Red Sox didn't look too bad. No, I was just happy to uh, watch some baseball. I was pretty excited I got to watch two out of the three games that were televised or something like that so i was pretty excited i know it's always so funny when like some are televised some aren't it makes it a little a little harder to keep track but that's what the twitter machine and uh box scores and whatnot are for so but yeah i mean a couple couple uh not very close losses but a comeback win against the twins a close loss against the mets and of course the win over the northeastern huskies Woo. The obligatory win over the Northeastern Huskies. Um, so before we get into, I know there was some other stuff that we really wanted to like kind of go into. What did you guys think of uh, Pablo Sandoval first appearance? Looking good. <laughs> it, it, it was just nice to see him get out there and just look comfortable uh, at third and just kind of. I mean, I want to say like he never missed a beat, but it's kind of hard to say that when he missed the whole season basically and. Last season was was not good for him by any means, but it was it was good to see him out there just hustling and making plays and you know getting hits, driving in runs. It was it was exactly what I wanted to see right now. 
Yeah, he was he was hustling, and I mean, he, he probably he clearly looks like he knows that the spotlight's on, which it is. So he needs to make a good a uh, a good impression. And I know he attempted a bunt on a uh, on one on a Saturday's game, so he's trying to do uh, some different things to to, to uh, just show that he's in better shape and doing better. So we'll get to know more as he plays more. But uh, but yeah, he looks good so far. Hopefully, he keeps the weight off. Yeah, obviously it's hard to judge off a spring training game. You know, he showed the effort, he showed the pace, he um, was hitting from both sides of the plate again this spring, so that's good to see, to see of course. So um, hopefully he sticks with that, even if it does turn to ugly. I hope he does not switch out to that and just hit from the left side of the plate um, because, you know, that, that's kind of what made his career was hitting from both sides of the plate. So it would be nice if he could stick to it. But, um, look, he, you know, he's got a little bit of competition. I can't imagine it's gonna he's going to lose the starting gig to anybody come opening day. Um, a little over a month from now, 35 days. Um, so I can't imagine he's going to lose the starting gig in those 35 days. No, I mean, I mean, judging from what we've seen briefly, I mean, I don't see how the position won't be his. But, you know, anything can happen between now and the next game and between now and April. So, But I think for the most part, it, it's his. Well, injuries too, you got to watch out for because he could get injured and then we could do this all over again just like last year. So he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay smart with, with how he's you know, preparing. And obviously you want to play hard, but you don't want to play too hard because if you, get, if you play too hard and you're going out and diving and getting banged up, then you're not going to be in good shape for the start of the season. So, so <laughs> I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me is stay healthy. I don't really care what he does. You just, just don't hurt yourself. Yeah, really. Uh, it was nice to see him hustle that play out into a double. Um, as much as I don't want to see him bunt ever, it was nice to see him lay down a bunt. Um, just know he can still do it. But um, look, overall, obviously no disappointments yet from that side of things. Obviously wins and loss, I could give two craps if they win or lose these games, uh, considering who's actually playing them. Um, but one thing that intrigued me in the storylines that really haven't happened yet, but we know uh, March 6th is when the is Rick, when Rick Porcello was slated to start, if I'm correct there. Um, and they're basically lining it up. And I know we, we asked the question, uh, we wanted to ask the question, you know, who's getting the ball opening day? Um, and that's obviously a ways to watch. So it's hard to predict, but you know, Pete Abe from the globe did, uh, wonders and kind of doing simple math here. And, um, if you do it all out based off who's, who it's doing, you have Porcello starting opening day, then you have David Price and then Chris Taylor, you guys, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm okay with the order, but that being said, obviously I think we're all in conclusion that uh, Rick Porcello deserves the ball opening day. I mean, absolutely. I don't see how he hasn't earned it or deserved it. And I know we signed Chris Sale. We traded for Chris Sale, and we signed David Price for that giant contract. I get it. But you have Rick Porcello, who proved himself last year to be the best pitcher on the Red Sox, and then he goes out and wins the Cy Young a year after losing or only winning nine games. He bounces back and goes and wins 22 games. So th- there's no rhyme or reason why he doesn't get the ball opening day. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying since last season that he should, well, the end of last season, that Porcello should start the opening game in this season, and I'm sticking to that, and, you know, he deserves it. I know that Sale and Price are supposed to be better pitchers, according to to the supposed to be's, even though last year Porcello was a better pitcher over both of them. So I think that he should get it. He deserves it. And I saw a thing that said that Price and Sale 
themselves both also said that Porcello should be the starter. They said he won the Cy Young. Yep. Porcello should be the starter on opening day. So if they think so too, if they're not going to be butthurt about it, then he definitely should. Yeah, and look, I mean, you don't know how the year's going to go out. You know, Chris Sale could come out and be the best pitcher on the staff. There's very likely a chance of that happening. But you can't reward of what's going to happen. You have to reward on what had happened. And um, you have a Cy Young winning pitcher on your staff coming into this year. Um, so you got to reward him for that. So I don't have any regrets. I'm not like regrets, but like any like issue with Porcello getting the ball. If that's the way it checks out, it looks like that's going to be the case now. The way they're kind of playing this all out. Um, the more odd situation that I thought was right now they have, and it's really hard to go two three with these guys. But they, right now they have David Price two and Chris Sale three. If it shakes out the way they have it lined up, based off when they're making their first spring starts, which it, I mean they, I can't imagine they change that. Um, that usually typically is set in stone based off when they make their first start. So are you guys weirded out by the fact that they're actually letting Chris Sale be the number three guy as of right now coming into the season despite what David Price did? I mean, I know he had a good regular season, but guys shouldn't be rewarded for sucking in the playoffs. Um, I mean, yes and no, because I think going into last season, we talked about David Price in the playoffs, and you know we kind of expected him crappy as it sounds I mean we kind of expected him to suck and we don't expect too much from him in the playoffs I mean we do but we also know that if he loses the game it's not going to come as a surprise but to have Sale as the third starter I mean I've gone back and forth on this for a while I I guess it's like a wait and see kind of thing I mean maybe it'll get switched or I mean you've got to you can't Below Price's confidence, too much lower than it probably already is. Yeah, I mean, ideally, I would say put Sale second and Price third. Just yeah, you know, obviously, you could make the case that Price should be second because he was on the team last year. But I think that probably ninety-eight percent of the people uh, would say that that Sale should is is the better pitcher than Price. Yeah, last year aside, just over their careers, obviously they're both really good, but I think people consider Sale a little bit better, and obviously they don't know about playoffs yet because he's never been in the playoffs, but that's better than what Price has done in the playoffs without even having to do anything. So, uh, yeah, I would say Sale should be second based on that, but really, in all reality, the order gets kind of messed up anyway with rain delays and different kinds of things anyway, so it really doesn't matter as long as you know who your best pitchers are, and obviously the three of them are going to be that in yeah. whichever order, and that will be to be determined. Yeah, and, and I'm with you in the sense of, like, you don't really know what the order is going to end up being with rain delays, things like that, but I'm also one for, like, I hate putting a number on things as much as I could be like that to, you know, you know make my point, but, like, putting number on the rotation is hard because, you know, when you have three guys who could be the leader on a staff anywhere else, it, someone's got to be number three. <laughs> and, it's, I mean, it's a good problem to have when you have Chris Sale lined up to be your third starter. And I don't want to sit here and complain about it because it sounds like a whiny Boston fan thing to do. But, you know, it's a situation where this team is deep. And if Chris Sale is the third best pitcher on this team, you might have a problem. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think I think it's going to shake out to be a, a Chris Sale dominance type season um, like we've seen from him um, for spurts of season. I think having him on a competitive team year round, he hasn't been on this kind of team before. Um, I think it's only going to help him. I, I think it does shake out that Chris Sale is you're going to be your best pitcher this year for sure. So I've got a question for you. Do you think both of you, um, you know, Price is predicting his best season yet in 2017. Like he pretty much does every year. Um, yeah. and, then, and then you have Sale who is, you know, obviously 
a Cy Young candidate every year, and Porcello, who was this, who was Cy Young last year. Do you guys think that Porcello is going to be third best pitcher this year, or Sale and Price both going to be better, or is he going to pull it out again and be better than Price? Maybe better than Sale. I, how do you guys? I know it's super early, but like, do you guys see him falling back to the three spot, or is he going to continue the dominance? No, I I don't see him falling back to the third spot. Maybe the two spot, but I don't see him going back to the third spot at all. And like I said, I know it's it's early, and we like making these way too early predictions. But I mean, just coming off a season like he had. I don't think he's going to repeat last season. It'd be great if he did, but I don't think... Hard to do. Hard to do, yes, and I think it's a bit of a stretch, but I think at worst, he'll go number two. Yeah, I think that at some point this year, all three of these guys are going to be mentioned in the Cy Young um, kind of race. I think they're all three really good pitchers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Rick Porcel takes a step back. It's not going to be a massive step back. I think he likes pitching in Boston. He loves flourishing in this kind of market. Um, he will be. He won't be your best pitcher. I, I do believe that Chris Sale will be the best pitcher on this staff once the season kind of starts to unfold itself a little bit. Um, I, we, we've talked about this. He's not going to have any issues pitching in Boston. He's a psychopath, so um, I can't imagine he's going to pitch horribly in Boston because of that situation. If he does pitch poorly, it's going to be a baseball issue, not a mental between the years type issue because he's already crazy. So it can't really ha- hurt to be any more crazy. But I, I think at some point, all three of these guys will be mentioned in the Cy Young talks at some point this year. That's pretty bold. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, some part of me feels like just because things never go how you see, how you expect them to, I feel like one of the three of them is going to be like way worse than people expect. But I don't know at this point which one it's going to be because I want to, you know, I want to say based on the past and knowing that Porcello has been more of an average pitcher, you know, 15 and 12, 14 and 12, 13 and 10, those kinds of records, which is still that's good. that's like a logical answer, Rick Porcello. Right, <laughs> it is, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to think that he's going to do that, and then my next thought is like, oh, well, what if Price is, is not as good again, but like, yeah. if he, if he does that again, then that's going to be even more of a disaster, because everyone's going to be even more all over him, so I almost can't see that happening just because like, he really can't afford it to happen. And, like, if sales bad, then it's going to be like, whoa, every pitcher's terrible in their first year here. So, like, it's almost to build an excuse. But, like, I also can't see him doing bad. So, like, I don't – I'm really intrigued to see who does worse if one of them does worse. I just can't help but feel like one of them's going to. Yeah, no, I, I think that – I think they're all going to be mentioned. I don't know if it's going to be consistent. Like, at some point, all three of their names will be mentioned. Now, it could be a case where they're, they're, they start off hot, you know, or those early – you know, May, June, even July mentions of Cy Young winning kind of situations happen. They come up and then, you know, one person falls off. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Rick Porcello. It's the obvious choice. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's David Bryce because we all know what David <laughs> Bryce is between the years. So as it gets colder, come the end of the summer, and as it gets closer to the kind of crunch time, um, and we'll obviously, that's way too early to talk about that now. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens at that point because that's where David Price starts to lack. That's when those games start to matter. It's when those games start to really... Um, tighten up and mean, you know, win or go home, that's when he starts to really freak out. So who knows? It, it could be all three of them. It could be none of them. Um, they're they're going to be on um, a long leash. You know, these guys are proven. Uh, these guys are – all three of them now have um, really shown what we can do over and over a couple seasons here. Rick Porcello um, is going to have a good season. I can't imagine he's going to go back to what he was when we were calling him Rick Porcello. I, I can't picture it being that bad if, if it is gets worse because he's not that bad of a pitcher. I think that was the year adjustment. And, uh, look, David Price didn't pitch that bad last year considering if that was a year adjustment. I, I take a lot worse seeing 
um, how bad Porcello was in his adjustment year. Yeah, I agree. It's Price did have a, obviously a good season, like numbers wise, in his first year. He had 17 wins. He had you know not a terrible ERA, but everyone looks at the you know a lot of strikeouts too. But everyone looks at the most hits in the league allowed. You know, 30 plus home runs, which are both obviously terrible. But he did win 17 games. So like, if that is his worst season, then obviously he's gonna be really good because he already was like pretty good numbers wise. So it wasn't anything like anything like Porcello's first season. So. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they'll all be good. That would be awesome. It just it just seems too perfect. But like, they are three of the better pitchers in the league, so like, it very could well happen as as well. If they could all get at least seventeen, eighteen wins each, that would just be phenomenal. Like, and like you said, David Price had a didn't have an awful season last year. He just his, his ERA doesn't really reflect his record. And no, I mean he he won seventeen games. That that's good. And but like just said, you look at the hits, you look at the ERA, the home runs, and it just doesn't reflect well on him like if his if he was 17 and 9 with a 3 320 ERA or even lower than that it there would have been the talk would have been so much different well the thing that was so annoying with him is that like he had so many good games he had a lot of like seven inning two run games and the fact that his ERA was still that bad just goes to show you you know you just look at his look at his line scores for each game he had an unbelievable amount of horrendous games where he gave up seven or eight runs in like four innings like you can't do that that's the thing he had so many good games and he was still that still that poor era wise and hits wise and everything that just shows you how brutal he was in so many of those games yeah and the red Sox offense obviously saved him for a little bit too um in terms of the win numbers so obviously that was a little overinflated with the numbers the red Sox put up offensively but um look there was no question that he had a good year despite everyone calling it a down year um, I think most people will take his year. So um, I think that it will go up. I think he'll be better off, and I think those three guys are going to lead the rotation. And, and, look, we have high expectations for this team, and it starts with them because we've had bullpen issues, and we still kind of have bullpen issues. So um, I, I think that those three are going to have to lead the charge, especially without David Ortiz, and the offense will be lacking. Um, compared to last year, of course, it won't be bad offense, but it, compared to last year, it will be, it'll be less. Um, and that's where Chris Sale will come in and, and have that third guy to kind of help alleviate some of that. So have to wait and see there, but it's obviously good news to kind of start to see what's going to go on with the rotation, when we're going to start seeing these guys come spring training, and um, we'll obviously kind of kind of keep you up to date on that. Uh, first part, of course, of Red Sox Beat was brought to you by ZipRecruiter. It's the new year, which means a fresh start for your business. And a great year starts with making great hires. But posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017. Post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. Um, candidates, you can scan them, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. You'll be able to kind of check it all out, uh, try it out for free. Um, and overall, obviously, it's a great service. And, of course, don't forget our show is brought to you by our good friends at Audible as well. And, of course, you can check out them as well. So, it, overall, two great sh- uh, sponsors, and we love having them on for the show. Um, guys, more Red Sox news. Um, 
just kind of on a follow-up from last week's story, um, seems like Blake Swihart's yips are gone, and I was kind of wrong on that one. Well, and I'll, and I'll be the first to admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. I was completely wrong. And, guys, I'm happy I was wrong. I did not want this to be a story all the way up through opening day. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 February. Like, So what? The guy can't throw to the mound three months before the season, two months before the season starts. Like, he's got plenty of time to figure it out. And I think Tuesday an article came out saying that his yips were better. So I just thought it was funny the day after record. It, he, he's magically better. And he looked more comfortable throwing to the plate, and I'm sure – being in the offseason and being from left field to catcher to left field to being out with an ankle injury does a lot on you mentally and, you know, physically you're trying to throw, like I said last week, from left field to home and then from home plate to the pitcher's mound is so different. But, I mean, he looks comfortable, he looks fine, and I don't think there's really anything to even worry about, period. Yeah, that's why I figured it would be nothing because it's like when you're switching positions, when you haven't played in a while, you know, he missed a lot of time, you know, left field catcher it's just i don't know it's you're bound to feel a little bit different when you get down there because you're used to making these long <clears throat> throws to you know from left field to the infield and then when you're throwing 60 feet which obviously is a long throw for most people but for an outfielder it's not so you know you throw it over his head a few times it just made sense that it'd be a short-lived thing because it's just switching positions probably isn't very easy especially after a long layoff no and look i I wanted to make it a big deal because it's more fun that way. Um, look, I'm, 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 I'm happy it's not going to be a story because I did not want to deal with, oh, Blake Swihart has the hips all the way through opening day um, when he might not even be on the opening day roster. Who knows with the, what they're going to do with Blake Swihart. There's a very good possibility that he ends up being in AAA come opening day and, and, and starts at Pawtucket. So um, I don't, the catcher situation is weird. It still is weird to me. Um, I have to think, though, guys, it comes down to Swihart and Vasquez of who starts in AAA. Well, I mean, I think it's from what I've been reading, and I think the plan is to put Swihart in AAA, which, I mean, I think another thing, it's not kind of too early to tell, but just from what I've gathered from reading and watching, it's, it seems like it's going to be Swihart. I guess it's just hard for me to believe that Sandy Leone could actually like, continue to play because he was so good and we just couldn't get enough of it. And... I was like, wow, is he really this good? And then he tailed off a little bit at the end, but he was still okay. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like he's just, based on his past, he's basically a ticking time bomb of just like terrible offense just because mm-hmm. that's, what he's, that's what he's been for his whole career. And then all of a sudden he just hits like 450 for like three straight months. It's just, just <laughs> such, I still find it hard to believe that he could actually like start the season and play well because it's just like you wouldn't expect it, especially with how well he did. And don't be surprised if they if if they think he's okay. You know, Vasquez could eventually take this starting job. Um, I I mean, I think it's it's going to be Sandy Leon's come opening day. Don't be surprised if he's your opening day catcher. But um, you know, once it seems to, that everything that we've read and in, in kind of reports coming out of spring, it's that you know Vasquez's shoulder is getting closer and closer to one hundred percent if it's not. So that's really good news, especially because you know when, what his arm was at 100%, and what his arm is at 100% is just one of the best arms in baseball behind the plate. Um, even at like 70% when he came back, his arm was still one of the best arms in the game. So 
put him at 100% with this rotation, the way he calls a game. And I like that recipe. And, and I think that's where they're shooting for right now. Um, and, and as they do that, you know, they can develop Swihart, see what they have in him. And then, you know, maybe they see value in Vasquez. They're able to trade him for something. And then Swihart can be your catcher of the future if that's what they want. Um, there's a lot of options here at the catcher spot. There's no definite answer. Um, but right now, Vasquez seems to be on the fast track to eventually being the starting guy here, if not for opening day, very soon after. Which is weird because it's like, you know, Swihart switching positions and going back to catcher. It's like, is he going to switch positions again and go do something else? Yeah, because they wasted a year. They wasted a year on him if they actually keep him catcher, yeah. Yeah, it just seems weird. Like, it would seem weird to switch him back, but like, again, like to the outfield again. But if you already have Sandy and if Fazgas keeps getting better, then there really isn't a place for him. So if he wants to play on the Red Sox, then he'll have to go to a different position unless he goes to a different team and plays on a different team, which is a whole other story. But it's just, it just seems the whole thing's strange with switching his position and then having him be out for so long. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're the only one who doesn't know what's going on. No, it's, I don't think the Red Sox really know what's going on either. So uh, I, I think I think everyone's kind of kind of let it play out and see what happens behind the plate, especially like you said, Jess. Sandy Leone's a ticking time bomb. And uh, who knows when that's going to go off. So um, definitely intrigued to see kind of what happens. I'm really intrigued by the catcher situation. I think that's my number one storyline so far this spring. It's kind of cooking under the radar just be behind Blake Swihart's yips. Uh, the actual whole situation is itself at the position. Um, but I'm intrigued to see where that goes. And obviously Sandoval and Hanley are going to get the headlines with Mookie and all these guys. But it's a, it's an intriguing storyline for the Red Sox as they head through Fort Myers' time here and, and obviously lead up to opening day at Fenway. So um have to keep an eye on that for you guys as well. Um, one of the Red Sox uh, off-season acquisitions, Tyler Thornburg, did make his debut. It's a spring debut. Now, keep in mind, doesn't always pitch well in spring training, um, but he did allow five runs. Uh, four of them were earned on four hits, and he walked a guy. Um, I'm not too worried. I really am not because I know what what he was last year. He's pretty good in regular season. Um, he he does have a track record of having bad spring training, so I'm not really worried. I don't know if you guys are, but I mean, it obviously was awful to see kind of how bad he pitched in that first outing. I mean, no, I'll say what I said last week about Blake Swihart's yips. It's it's February, and I'm not worried. And he's got this, like you said, track record of being awful in spring training, and he has good regular seasons, and that's what I care about. You, he can give up 15 more runs. And they can be all learned. I don't care. They, as long as he pitches fine in the regular season, he can have the crappiest spring training that he wants. But I mean, it's hard to judge. I mean, I know we, we want to judge on their performances this spring, but if he's got this track record of not pitching well and then pitching fine, then I'm okay with it. It's kind of funny because it's like he like expects to. He's like, yeah, I always pitch terrible in spring training. I'm. You know, I'm I'm working my way through it. I think he said that's why spring training is as long as it is to to have the time to work through your work through your uh, you know your arm strength and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's uh, it's it's almost like he like wants to pitch bad. He's like, yeah, I, I just uh, I pitch bad and then I then I get better. So I'm I'm fine with it. If he's fine with it, you know, if the player's not worried about it, then I'm not going to be worried about it. But it's it's the kind of thing with these things. Um, Mookie Betts, apparently, I don't know if you guys know this, but he, like, changes his swing for spring training than he does for the regular season. He, like, purposely hits the ball to, like, the opposite field, like, as much as he can and, like, cuts down his swing. Like, he just completely changes. That. Yeah, how he, I think I yeah. that. Yeah, because it's, it was for, like, so it was, like, a stress thing, right? He doesn't want to, like, put too much strain on his body. He just wants to casually do it and just 
what and get through spring training basically if i read that yep. right yeah yeah like struggling like prepares him for the season like to to hit better because he the, just is like a totally different hitter so he does bad because it's not how he hits so you can't even pay attention to his stuff because and that you don't know with with all these guys you don't know what they do because those are just ones we've heard about who kind of purposely do bad to like build themselves up but like you don't know what other guys do it's, it's maybe all of them do it <laughs> yeah you never know yeah it's funny to see how they are in spring training compared to regular seasons like it makes you wonder like you said what others do like did they all change their swings did they all whatever they do with their pitches do they not pitch as well as they know they can because they don't want to get hurt or whatever it is it's but it's definitely funny yeah, like Porcello was like 90 RA last year in spring, <laughs> and then he's like, ha, ha, young time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we actually had every reason to believe Porcello was real because of what he did the year before. So right, that's a one-off situation. But, yeah, obviously that was a complete 182 because then he decided to win the Cy Young Award out of nowhere. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. And, and, Jess, we talked about this last week. You know, spring is super long. It's preseason, and it's like the longest preseason in all of the major sports. It takes forever. And it, it's really a long process. By the time pitchers and catchers report early in February to opening day when games matter and beginning of April, it's two months. And it's 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 ridiculous how long it is. I know it should be shortened. We know all know it should be shortened, but they're not going to. And what's important this time of the year is you see how guys look coming out of the offseason for big storylines like Sandoval and those guys who need to be athletic coming out of the offseason. And then you look into a situation where you see how these guys – are playing together, the team chemistry starts to build, and they work on the basics because half of these guys probably haven't touched a baseball all winter. So that's what spring training is for, so that by the time opening day comes around, they're not completely rusty, they're only a little rusty. And then as the weather warms up, they'll, they get back into their groove around around the rest of the country when they come up north. Um, that's what spring training is for. Which is funny because, yeah, it's we talk about how long it is and how it's too long. And then people like Tyler Thornburg are like, yeah, I'm glad it's this long. And there's a reason it's this long because we need to get ready over that time period. I guess it just takes a while sometimes. So if, I guess if the players think that they need that much time, then I guess you should. It's not like they're like, oh, man, this is way too long. I hate this stuff. Let's just go play. You know? so Ortiz said I don't that. Know, I guess it's for a reason. Ortiz didn't like spring training. Oh, well. He's good all the time. So, <laughs> then again, he was terrible in spring training. He was awful. Maybe that was on purpose too. So, yeah, I don't think you tried. I don't think you tried in spring training. I don't think you tried at all. Right. He definitely. I know he definitely didn't try spring training. So, um, look, we all know spring training doesn't matter, but it does at the same time because you get to see young guys. You know, Sam Travis has been looking really good um, so far. You see guys like this who are younger who you don't really see too much during the year because. You know, they're in Pawtucket. They're playing these games that aren't televised. So it's nice to see some of these guys, especially if you get a chance to go down to Fenway South. If you're down there, it's fun down there uh, just to kind of see some of the young guys play. So when you do watch a preseason game, it, for baseball nuts like us, you can watch them all year and you can watch them for nine innings because we actually like to know how these young guys are doing. And, and it's really cool to watch. So it, it, that's kind of what spring training's for, and I enjoy that, to watch those games sometimes. So, I mean, with with spring training, obviously, we all know we'll watch the games because we're nuts and we're baseball fanatics and Lauren just wants to pray until opening day so she'll watch every <laughs> baseball game she can um, and pray to the baseball gods that it's sooner. Um, but there's also stuff going around the league, too, and we want to make sure we touch on that real quick before we get out of here for the week. Um, the big news of the week, um, I think, was the fact that MLB did make a major, and I can I do consider this a major rule change, because it's been in the game for so long, they MLB has done away with the four pitch intentional walk rule, 
before I say anything, what are your two initial reactions to kind of when you first heard that rule change? I mean, we kind of touched on it last week when it was, you know, a proposed rule. Um, I'm I'm all for it. I don't what I don't agree with is that they're saying it's to speed up the game. I don't think it's going to speed up the game by what a minute, two minutes at most. Um, yeah. And I and I do see Jess. I'm not going to take your your point away from you because I I think I know what you're going to say. But I uh, what you said last week I agree with with you know you, you might they might throw a wild pitch. It still could affect the game if you're throwing four intentional pitches. But my thing is if you don't want if you just want to call for the intentional walk or if you don't want to call for the intentional walk I should say just kind of throw four low pitches and kind of you know still do your own four ball intentional walk, but. For the most part, I agree with it, but I don't agree. I don't agree with the reason why they did it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't like it. I definitely don't like it. I think it's <laughs> stupid. It's. <laughs> I just it for exactly the reason you said. There really just aren't that many intentional walks in a game. I'm sorry, and it does not take that long. It's like so many other things take so much longer, and to get rid of that, I mean, yes, it's like. In one sense, it's like, who cares? It's just an intentional walk. But on the other hand, like Jared said, it's been around for a long time. So it's kind of like, wow, now you're kind of changing the game. And just, you know, you're just like, all right, go ahead. And I'm always I'm always one of those people, wild pitch, ball in the dirt, throw it over his head. A guy jumps out of the plate and hits it like Miguel, Miguel Cabrera did one year. Like, too many wild things can happen on intentional walks. And it's just not going to make the game that much faster like lauren said like one minute two minutes i, I don't know it's four pitches yeah like, how, and, and how I, many times does it happen in the game too it's not like it happens every inning um no it, it's like a sometimes it doesn't happen at all thing most times it doesn't happen so you really you're you're cutting off like a minute of the game and that's like on it's gonna be on average so it's it's dumb it's a waste of time it's not the rule change they should have focused on is it something that you know maybe a lot of fans are okay with yes they're, they're definitely kind of catering to the casual, I get for lack of a better term, pink hat fan by getting rid of the four pitch, getting rid of the four pitch, actual intentional walk and just using the signal or whatever. Um, I'm mixed reviews on it. I'd rather them keep it. It's, it's just me being a baseball purist and the fact that you do have some crazy stuff happens every once in a while with them. Pass balls, you know, some people get hits for with them and th- those can change. Those moments can change games. We all know that. So I wish they started somewhere else. I don't mind the rule change by any means. But I just don't wish this was a priority for them because it clearly was to make this rule change, and I don't know why. Um, and that's the part that bugs me. Yeah, it's just I don't know for what it is. It's it's not worth worth doing. They should have focused on something else. I mean, I'm sure they are focusing on other things too. But it's I don't know. It's just seems like a strange thing. I mean, it's not putting a guy at second base to start extra innings. It's not that messed up, but it's just kind of unnecessary and useless, and I think they'll probably see that. I mean, I'll get over it. I'm not going to, like, harp on this and be like, no. oh, my God, I, three months from now, oh, I hate this so <laughs> In much. In September, oh, why is this still a thing? It's affecting everybody. <laughs> Come on. Right. Like, it's I not that big of a deal. It's just kind of stupid. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely stupid. And Look, it, it, it's going to fizzle out. No one's going to notice. So the, first, the first time it happens, it'll be a big deal. Oh, the first time in Major League history, blah, blah. No, no one cares. <laughs> And that's and that's the last time it'll be remembered. So who cares? And then ten years, everyone will be like, oh, when we had a four pitch intentional walk, that's weird. So it'll phase itself into the game before we even know it. But um, two other things. Oh, I guess kind of lump them together. But two other things really that I do want to talk about. One thing: uh, World Baseball Classic is coming. It's coming fast. Players go. Players stay. Um, one player that won't go is Sonny Gray. Uh, that's because he was denied health insurance. Um, he didn't meet the criteria supposedly for the health insurance because he missed seventy days. 
Um, he was on the DL with the, obviously that, that forearm tightness he had last year in the back situation. So it pays to stay on the field more in one way. Um, but now he's losing the World Baseball Classic because of that. I mean, it's it's weird. I didn't I didn't realize that was a thing that you could get denied health insurance coverage. Um, gotta be a full time employee. You gotta be a full timer. Oh, I know how that feels. But gotta work I mean, those hours. I, I totally understand getting denied health insurance. Absolutely, but he probably missed the deadline. It, he forgot to fill out his forms. I mean, it just, it just it's weird. It it. I mean, maybe it'll in the long run end up being good for him. Who knows? You know, injuries can happen. This and that. Whatever in the World Baseball Classic, but. It's just I don't know one of those weird stories where it's like oh, I I, I can't I can't play a guy that don't have health insurance. Yeah, I'm gonna claim ignorance on this one. I didn't I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know this was like possible, or I never even thought about it being like mattering in terms of this. Like who thinks about this stuff? So like I yeah. I had no idea this was a thing, and it's very strange. But and it's funny too because he wanted to play. He's like, "Yeah, I want to play, but uh, I can't." So too bad. Yeah, it's like kinda you know, weird. some kinda guys weird. a lot. A lot of guys complain about the World Baseball Classic. You know, it's middle of spring training, not really in shape yet. And I'm not a big fan of it because of the fact that you know a lot of these guys who are playing from the league, from the league aren't in baseball shape yet. Like Xander Bogarts is going over there and just playing competitive baseball when he hasn't played in who knows how long. So. That's that's kind of my spiel on the World Baseball Classic, but to have a guy who wants to go, not allowed to go, it's kind of crazy. Um, and I, I think it's kind of funny that he's. In, I think I feel like if he wants to go, it should be on his his own will to go. Uh, but I guess it's more of the going to different countries and that whole thing, and it's probably in his contract. But I honestly didn't know that either. Um, Lauren, you put this on the show prep, and I had no idea. I read it the first time, and I was like, wait, it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> It's kind of a new thing, but you know, hey, it's weird. But hey, Sonny Grace can be a weird dude too, so it kind of goes along with them. Um, two quick notes. Otherwise, besides that, of well, a couple signings um, around the league as we're in spring training. The Nationals signed Matt Wieters to a two-year, twenty-one million dollar contract with an opt-out after the first year, and Jared Weaver finally has a new team. Uh, he signed with the Padres for a year. Feels like he's been on the Angels forever. Um, it's a one-year, $3 million contract. It's going to be weird to see Jared Weaver on, on, in a new hat, but he's going to a bad bad team, so we'll never see him. Um, but the Nationals did get better. I, I like the Matt Weaver signing for them. Yeah, that kind of took me by surprise. I mean, it just kind of happened randomly, and I was like, wow, if they want to make their team better, you might as well go get Matt Weaver's if he's available. Yeah, he's a good player. If he can stay healthy, he's, which he hasn't done very much. He's been hurt for basically his whole career, but he was pretty highly touted when he came in the league, and he's, you know, I'm sure he's still a decent player if he's healthy. So, good good move for them. I think it's smart if if they can keep him on the field. Do we know if there's any incentives in his deal, like performance incentives? Uh, I have no, idea. no idea. I highly doubt it, but I I just wasn't sure if anyone knew. I don't care that much, but I wasn't sure if anyone knew off the top of your head. Um. Look, it's weird to see signings this time of year. It's weird to, you know, like me, like Matt Wieters was still out there. Uh, Jared Weaver was still out there. Um, but it happens, you know. So Padres getting Jared Weaver, um, not much to talk about there. But um, obviously he'll, he'll, be, um, he'll be pitching a lot because he'll be one of the top guys on that staff because the Padres just aren't good. Um, but, yeah. That's so, well, yeah, It really is. He, he, had, he, he was always good, too, because, like, he always pitched well against the Red Sox and um, he's had a good career, and the Angels were never that great, and then just those years, and uh, and now he's getting stuck in San Diego. 
They still be with Don Rosillo. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. I was literally about to say, he's with Don. Oh, God. Oh, poor Don Rosillo. That's the only thing we can say about San Diego is Don Rosillo. <laughs> I know. As much as I love Don Rosillo, that's pretty bad when he's the claim to fame for the team. Yep. Um, yeah, I feel bad for Don Rosillo, huh? Calling crappy games out there? Awful. Uh, Especially for going, what this year going, could be. Going from here. what he should be doing here, what he should still be doing here, to calling San Diego Padres games on a consistent basis, the weather's the only thing he's got going for him. Yeah, he's pretty excited about that, but the quality of baseball. and I'm sure he's kicking himself now. He's like, oh, man, they got Porcello, Price, and Sale, and I'm not calling those games. Yeah, He's probably pretty bitter about it. Yeah, he's probably very bitter. But um, that'll do it for this week. Uh, another show, at Red Sox underscore beat on Twitter, of course. Don't forget to go find us there. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, please share the crap out of the show on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe there. Uh, of course, if you're listening on Stitcher, we love you there as well. Um, up on Steelers Radio, written coverage is live and well. Um, Jess, anything major coming up? Or yeah, we'll be starting the uh, the players to watch for soon. Uh, we're just doing some more spring training. Uh, we've had a couple more since the last show. We got another one coming up tomorrow, another one coming up on the weekend. So we're keeping you up to date on spring training there as we are here, and uh, get excited for some uh, some players to watch for and some predictions. All those predictions articles, those are going to be fun. I love watching you guys kind of make a fool out of yourselves. Because some of them are right. You guys got a few of those right last year. I was actually shocked how many were actually kind of close last year. Um, yeah, we're pretty good. I guess we know what we're doing. I guess so. I guess <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to read it and check it out when it comes out on CLNS. So we'll keep track there. We'll tweet it out from Red Sox Beat as well. And we'll talk about it on the show too because we like to do that. Because I'm, I'm a fanatic about our ex, our uh, experts making their picks. So we'll um, we'll touch base yeah, with that when, when the time. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. We're, we're on the air. We're experts. Um <laughs> So we will touch base with that. For now, though, uh, Lauren Campbell and Jess Thomas on the other side. I am Jared Scally, and this has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. We'll be back next week.